Argentinian President Javier Malay will be heading to Davos for the World Economic Forum, and True North will be on the ground to cover the conference. Federal government spending on debt interest charges has increased by 36.7% in the third quarter of 2023. The World Health Organization quietly appointed a controversial Canadian trans activist to its transgender guidelines group. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, January 10th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Lindsay Shepard. And I'm Isaac Lamaru. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Argentinian economist Javier Malay has been to Davos before, but this year he's returning for the first time as Argentina's president. Malay was announced Tuesday as one of the more than 300 public figures to be attending the World Economic Forum's flagship event in the Swiss Alps. It is not yet clear if Malay will be speaking. His name does not yet appear on the published agenda, but not all panels were complete when True North reviewed the public program. Malay, a libertarian, became the president of Argentina on December 10th and quickly brought about a sweeping set of reforms that included slashing the size of cabinet and banning government officials from describing anything paid for by taxpayers as free. Malay campaigned on reining in inflation and writing Argentina's economic course, but he was candid that this won't be easy. Malay spoke in Davos previously as an economist before getting into politics two years ago. Other public figures attending this year's annual meeting include Chinese Premier Li Kang, French President Emmanuel Macron, and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. The theme for the conference, which kicks off Monday, is Rebuilding Trust. True North's Andrew Lawton, Cosman Georgia, and Sean Thompson will be reporting from the ground in Davos next week. Isaac, there are so many crazy, you know, fundamentally leftist ideas being discussed at the World Economic Forum, many of them in the name of solving climate change. So do you think Malay will be a voice of common sense? Um, do you see attendees listening to him? Well, Lindsay, I don't know that attendees will listen to him, but it will certainly be nice to have a varying viewpoint at the World Economic Forum. Obviously, I think people around the world are watching Malay and Argentina with a close eye to see how his libertarian policies work out, especially Canadians who have a government uh, on the other side of the spectrum, that, that being a, a bloated public sector. And given his background uh, as an economist, I hope that at the very least, Malay might be able to keep them in the realm of common sense in regard to economics, coming from Alberta myself, uh, I've always felt that Danielle Smith has done that pretty well. Like she said, look, our, 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 we can be carbon neutral by 2050 without ruining our economy, but trying to do so by 2035 would decimate us, which has been the essence of her constant uh, feud with Environment Minister Gibo. Uh, Lindsay, do you think Malay will be influential at the World Economic Forum? Well, you know, Malay campaigned on the idea that he would withdraw from the Paris Climate Agreement, and he calls climate change a socialist lie. He calls it a hoax. But he did actually end up sending a government official to the UN COP28 climate change conference in December. So um, he actually will stay in the climate agreements to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So some people think he is kind of neutralizing a little bit. But he is a libertarian. He describes himself as an anarcho-capitalist. Um, and as as I mentioned, he's trying to fix Argentina's crippling inflation and unemployment problems. One thing I do appreciate about Malay is how he closed down the Ministry of Diversity and Inclusion within 24 hours of taking office. 
Um, he actually ended up merging quite a few departments into the Ministry of Human Capital. So, um, you know, social development, health, education, labor, that was kind of all merged into one department. Um, I believe the Ministry of Diversity was just <laughs> uh, eliminated altogether. So I appreciate that kind of thing, um, you know, getting rid of diversity and inclusion ideology in government. But I do want to point out that Malay believes in organ harvesting. He believes that people should be able to sell their own organs on the market. So I'm not sure I would call that kind of thing common sense. Um, but yeah, just just to give listeners a, a bit of context on this guy. That's the true uh, free market, hey? Exactly. <laughs> Isaac, as I mentioned, three of True North's staff are going to be on the ground in Davos. And the World Economic Forum is once again trying to block True North from covering this upcoming annual meeting in Davos. Our accreditation requests have been ignored for months, even though we were accredited last year and had no issues with the organizers. So maybe they just don't like the questions that, you know, Andrew Lawton puts to Klaus Schwab and Christia Freeland and the other attendees. Um, so, you know, the WEF may not want True North in Davos, but um, again, we have three people from our staff going anyways. So that'll be Andrew Lawton, Cosman Georgia, and Sean Thompson. Isaac, how can our Daily Brief listeners support this undertaking? Yeah, Lindsay, listeners can support True North's coverage at the WEF by visiting www.tnc.news slash WEF 2024. So this trip begins on January 15th. And as you can anticipate, this trip won't be cheap. Flights, hotel and so forth. It all adds up really quickly. Help us bring transparency to the World Economic Forum by donating. Federal government spending on debt interest charges has increased by 36.7% in the third quarter of 2023, according to a report released Tuesday by Statistics Canada. Franco Terrazano, the federal director for the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, has expressed serious concerns over the impact of these charges on Canadians. Terrazano said, quote, Taxpayers have every reason to believe this government isn't serious about managing our money. Terrazano explained that taxpayers are losing billions of dollars every month as these funds can't be used to lower taxes or improve services because that money is going towards paying interest on the government credit card. While interest expenses incurred by the federal government increased by 36.7% year-over-year in the third quarter, the interest expenses of the provincial territorial government grew by 10.7%. The report showed that the federal government spent 10.1 cents of every taxpayer dollar to paying down interest. This ratio increased from the 7.9 cents spent per taxpayer dollar the year prior. The federal government's deficit was $5.3 billion in the third quarter, a decrease from the $7.1 billion deficit a year earlier. However, this improvement is overshadowed by the provincial territorial governments moving from a $6.8 billion surplus to a $0.8 billion deficit, a decrease of $7.6 billion. Lindsay, do you think the Trudeau government will ever rein in spending? Uh, as Terrazano points out, uh, more spending means higher taxes, higher prices, more debt, and more money wasted on interest charges. No, I, I don't think they will. Um, and according to the parliamentary budget officer, the government is not projected to balance the budget until 2035. And this projection is dependent on continued economic growth, relatively low interest rates, and no new spending. So this almost kind of goes back to our conversation about Javier Malay, Argentina's president. Um, we have a ministry of diversity and inclusion and persons of disabilities. 
And okay, there's this viral video that went around of Malay before he got elected where he's, you know, pointing to a, a chalkboard or whatever with the different ministries. And he's saying, you know, cut, cut to all the different ministries. And I think we could take that approach in a sense, like the Ministry of Diversity and Inclusion in Canada, that needs to be eliminated. And then the, you know, the persons with disabilities file that could fall under health. And I don't purport to know the inner workings of the government, but when you see something like, okay, we have a ministry of labor, but we also have a ministry of employment. Um, we, you know, am I missing something or is that really necessary? We have a whole ministry of mental health and addictions, yet is that not also health? And like, why are we still seeing such major issues with these things when we have a whole federal ministry dedicated to it? We also have a minister of sport and physical activity. You know, would that not fall maybe partially under tourism and partially under health? And I'm not saying con consolidating the files would necessarily reduce the workload. But um, I think when you have all these separate ministries, that's when you, you start to see the bloat. Obviously saying the budget will be balanced by 2035. If th there's no further spending, I, I don't think that this federal government understands even how to stop spending. We've seen at every point they're uh, incapable of doing so. The World Health Organization quietly appointed a controversial University of Alberta law professor and trans activist to a group tasked with helping create transgender health guidelines. Florence Ashley, whose pronouns are they, them, believes puberty blockers ought to be the default option for children and that they shouldn't require mental health screenings prior to undertaking a gender transition. Before Christmas, the WHO's Gender Identity and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Departments announced the development of a, quote, guideline on the health of trans and gender diverse people. Along with the new guidelines, the WHO announced the creation of a development group. The group features 21 people, including Ashley and other militant trans activists. In a 2019 article, Ashley said that, quote, unbounded social transition and ready access to puberty blockers ought to be treated as the default option. Ashley also argued in an article published in the American Psychological Association that people should be able to obtain medical sex change procedures without having a mental health gender assessment. Ashley's appointment was met Ashley's appointment was met with criticism online, including from prominent X account Libs of TikTok. Last week, Isaac, Conservative MP Leslin Lewis argued that Canada should leave international bodies like the World Health Organization. So given this example of Ashley's new appointment to the WHO, do you think Canada should leave the WHO? Yeah, Lindsay, even without Ashley's new appointment to the WHO, I wouldn't have considered it uh, a bad idea for Canada to leave. I love democracy and the WHO is an organization that we did not elect full of people that we do not know who make global health decisions. Uh, we saw the far reaching consequences that these decisions can have during the pandemic and its lockdowns. And there are stories out there uh, about the WHO abusing power and even some suggesting that some members may have suppressed medical evidence during the pandemic, which in short benefited nobody but Big Pharma. However, I do find it unlikely that Canada leaves the WHO. Uh, obviously, Lindsay, this all came from an e-petition, uh, a few of which we've heard of in recent news, like the one calling for an election. Isaac, have radical trans activists taken over the WHO? Um, much like how they have influenced large corporations and even government legislation? 
Well, it's no doubt to me, Lindsay, that Florence Ashley is a radical trans activist. Uh, in fact, I find it hard to believe uh, some of the things that uh, Ashley has emphasized or done. The, the the story that you just read, Lindsay, quite frankly, made, made me sick. I mean, has it not always been our goal uh, as a society to protect children? In my opinion, puberty blockers are not the way to do that. What will it take for organizations to start taking a stand against this kind of activism and saying, no, we're not doing this? What, what do you think it will take, Lindsay? Well, it's so politicized, isn't it? And even when you think about that, the other prominent trans activist in Canada, Faye Johnstone, Faye is known maybe to people as one of the faces of Hershey's chocolate bars when they did some sort of campaign where they turned their chocolate bar into pronouns like her, she, and uh, one of the uh, quote unquote women they chose was a trans woman. And then also Faye Johnstone was a speaker at the YWCA, which is, you know, a women's organization. So the YWCA Regina gave the keynote speech spot to Faye Johnstone, who is a biological male. So these prominent trans activists in Canada and internationally, they they have specific political goals. They have specific things they're trying to accomplish and they're trying to sway the public sphere in a certain way. And um, I hope that we can push back effectively. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, make sure not to miss The Andrew Lawton Show later this afternoon, exclusively at True North. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbours. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Bye for now.